0: Woodside Energy more than doubles its profit in one of the earnings season's best results. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says cybersecurity is as critical as national security, and there's still $16 billion in unclaimed super floating around out there. It's Tuesday, the 28th of February, 2023. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael.
1: Michael, a very exciting day. Right, I'm going to interrupt. Today is the launch of your book, How to Be Remembered. And as a result, our interview today is me chatting to you. Now, if listeners are unsure whether they should buy the book, let me read a review that came through in the last 24 hours about Michael's book. I quote I cannot tell you how much I love this book. I cannot wait for it to be released. I believe it will be the book. For book clubs by the end of 2023. This is a critic, remember? There is so much to discuss. It's so well written. I could go on and on. Have you ever finished a book and put it down after, closed your eyes and thought, oh my God, how do I go on? How do I read another book after this? This is that book for me. Michael, how exciting for you. What a great day.
0: Yeah, it is. It actually is a really exciting day. It's out out today, How to Be Remembered, published here by Alan and Unwin. And, And yeah, you can get it pretty much anywhere. Uh, it's kind of described as being for people who liked uh, The Midnight Library or The Rosie Project, which have been some pretty, very successful books over the last few years. And so I've got to say that that, that review was very
1: kind, perhaps too kind. Uh, you'll play it down. You will play it down, Michael, but it is such an incredible achievement.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Sean. And thank you for your support and for interviewing me today. I I didn't know how we were going to introduce that one because I was a little bit kind of apprehensive about saying, stick around for Sean's interview with, well, with me. It's a great interview.
1: It's a cracker. Yes, we both say.
0: Yep, absolutely. Mm. It is well worth sticking around for. But, Sean, we have a, a full show to get through before that. And the main story this morning is a big one. Australia's largest oil and gas company, Woodside, has produced a bumper profit of nearly $10 billion for 2022. That is three times the level of
1: a year earlier. Yes, Woodside has become one of the country's largest organisations, only behind BHP, CSL and the big banks, including Macquarie. Last year's profit included a seven-month contribution from BHP's oil and gas portfolio, which Woodside bought for about $18 billion. The core net profit, which is a figure professional investors like to keep an eye on, jumped 220% to $5.2 billion US dollars. Bottom line profit was up a similar amount to 6.5 billion US dollars that comes in at about 9.7 billion Aussie. Woodside delivered a much bigger dividend this year. In fact, its dividend yield is 10%. That is huge when you think about term deposit rates of 2 or 3%. Woodside's share price rose 1.5% yesterday to close at $35.13. It wasn't just the BHP business that underpinned the tremendous result. It was also very, very high oil and gas prices, in large part due to the war in Ukraine. In fact, the average price Woodside received for its products rose about 60% last year. Chief Executive Officer Meg O'Neill said 2022 was a momentous year for the company. Quite the understatement, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a great result. But Sean, just as we we talked about with Qantas and higher airfares, it's, it's the ordinary kind of consumers
1: like you and me paying more for energy that's really kind of helping Woodside out. O'Neill sort of addressed that issue, saying Woodside's tax bill, including royalty payments, almost quadrupled to $2.7 billion, and she expects to pay plenty of taxes this year too. But... We are still paying a lot more for energy, no doubt about that. Woodside has plenty of new projects on the go in Mexico and Senegal and its $16.5 billion Scarborough LNG project in Western Australia. They're all fossil fuel based. Woodside's also considering an investment in hydrogen in Oklahoma in the US. Michael, curious to CEO O'Neill. She's found the synergies outlined in the merger deal and her company is really humming at the moment
0: yeah, it seems to be. Yesterday, Sean, though, we talked about uh, earnings season, obviously, this is one of the last kind of last results of of uh, earnings season. We talked about the the whole season being solid, not spectacular.
1: Is this enough to kind of bump it a little bit more towards the spectacular end? Now, I mean, I think this is probably a standout result, but I still think it's solid at best, I reckon. Mm, solid at best. Sean mm. Aylmer, there we go. How did the local market perform yesterday? S&P ASX 200 fell more than one percent yesterday to 7,224 points, in large part thanks to the mining sector. Now Fortescue Metals fell seven percent to twenty dollars eighty-one. It traded ex-dividend, hence the big drop. But BHP was down three percent. Rio Tinto was off the same amount. All about commodity prices there, with iron ore falling in recent sessions. Away from the miners, the falls were fairly broad-based, with around eighty percent of the top two hundred finishing the day lower. The big banks. They actually outperformed. They were fairly flat. CSL and West Farmers both fell around zero point eight percent. South Thirty Two, the diversified miner, was off three percent. Goodman Group lost two point four percent. Santos was down two percent. Um, you know, Aristocrat Leisure, QBE, WiseTech, they all dropped more than one percent. That is what I call a very broad based fall. Plenty of smaller companies reported yesterday, and there will be more today. Too many to go through. An interesting one was Koga.com. It made a net loss of around $12 million on the back of a high buildup of inventories and a slump in sales. TPG did pretty well. Linus Rare Earths, not so well. Now, Linus Rare Earths is the world's largest non-Chinese miner of Rare Earths. It reported a slightly smaller profit. Its big challenge are rule changes in Malaysia, which will hurt its processing Technology play Appens group share price tumbled fourteen percent after it said it made a loss last year. Adore Beauty did poorly, so too did City Chic Collective. And what about international markets? Well, oil keeps sliding back. Love that. Gold too; it's come off. It's trading around eighteen hundred US dollars an ounce. It's weakest level in about two months. The Aussie dollar Michael, is back down to sixty-seven US cents.
0: Oil keeps sliding. You in the past, you've uh, made predictions on when the best time is to fill up the car. Mm. Could you make a prediction now?
1: Could you instruct me on when I should be filling up with diesel? The economics of diesel and petrol is beyond me, Michael. I've tried to predict it, and as oil prices come off, eventually so too do petrol prices, but there's a lag and it's it's too hard. So in other words, no, you're not going to tell me when to fill up? No, absolutely not.
0: All right. Well, I'll, I'll just have to wing it. Thank you very much, Sean. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, sure, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese yesterday said that cybersecurity should be viewed on par with national security and it's critical for maintaining trust in public institutions and the public service.
1: Yes, he said confidence in commercial dealings and intellectual property is often the foundation of wealth creation and it's vital to individuals. Albanese compared a cyber hack to a house break-in. It said the government is increasingly conscious of the threat From state sponsored attacks. Now, the comments came after the government announced that the Australian Signals Directorate could be given authority to directly commandeer the IT systems of almost every company in the country that suffers a cyber attack under reforms proposed following the Optus and Medibank hacks. That proposal came from the government's Cybersecurity Advisory Panel. That panel includes former Telstra boss Andy Penn. Yesterday, he came out and said that it's the government, not just business that needs to toughen up around cybersecurity. The government is also set to announce a new coordinator for cybersecurity in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, there's a lot happening in that space at the moment. Sean, APRA says it won't loosen lending rules in the housing market and a 3% buffer remains sensible to protect new borrowers from higher interest
1: rates. Remember all the chat about serviceability buffers and the need to lower them as interest rates get higher? Well, the banking regulator reckons a lender still needs to add on three percentage points when assessing whether someone can take out a loan. That makes it very difficult for many people to get a loan. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that APRA reckons rates will rise by that much, but it's being very, very cautious. Because rates have risen by more than three percentage points in less than a year, many borrowers have been caught short. They've been lent money on the basis of repayment levels that are now much, much higher than the worst case scenario. And that's really what the regulator is worried about.
0: Were people kind of hoping that that would be reduced, that serviceability buffer would be reduced and in turn help kind of prop up house prices a little bit?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a good argument to say that it should be reduced because when rates are so much higher already, do you still need that full 3%? I think what will happen is that that buffer will be reduced once interest rates stop rising, because then you'll find the regulator is a little bit more confident that it's not going to get caught out again.
0: Right. Okay. Now, Sean, the United Nations has criticised
1: Australia for its treatment
0: of asylum seekers who remain stuck in Nauru and Papua New Guinea.
1: Yes, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees has joined human rights groups and grassroots advocates in demanding the immediate evacuation of about 150 people being held offshore. Greens Senator Nick McKim has introduced proposed laws that would see 66 people on Nauru and another 92 in PNG transferred to community detention in Australia if they pose no security risk. Now, people evacuated to Australia would be provided with access to medical treatment, which is all important. A parliamentary inquiry investigating the bill has received more than 30 submissions, pretty much with unanimous support for the legislative amendment. Now, the UN was among those to support a more humane and cost-effective approach to achieving what it calls immigration enforcement goals. The UN lambasted the government, saying it had a legal responsibility towards the safe settlement of asylum seekers under international rules.
0: Now, this next one, Sean, I think is, is quite extraordinary. I'm amazed that it's this high. One in four workers still hold more than one super account, and Australians are missing out on $16 billion in lost and unclaimed
1: superannuation savings. I totally agree. When I had more than one super account, I just kept getting letters and emails from them saying, consolidate. And it, it's so easy to do so. You go to the MyGov website, that's it. Yeah. Off you go. Anyway, data from the tax office shows the pool of missing super savings has grown by about $2 billion since last financial year, according to a report in the Financial Review. That's despite years of work to raise awareness about missing retirement savings money. It isn't that hard to find the money, Michael. As you said, just go to the MyGov platform. That's it. About $10.4 billion in lost super savings is held by funds, while the ATO has about $5.6 billion on hand. That title represents an increase of 40% since 2019. Yeah, checking
0: the ATO website, the MyGov platform, to see if you have any lost super somewhere is the closest you'll ever get to actually participating in a real treasure hunt because yeah. it's just, it's so exciting putting your details in going, oh, I wonder if I've forgotten a super fund somewhere. And, and I mean, no matter how many times I keep checking, I, <laughs> I can't find any new super funds. don't. <laughs> no, no, it really only kind of is effective once,
1: but it is just worth it just for the fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you look, you can pick up a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars. You put that in your super, compound interest, well worth it by the time you retire. Yeah, way you go. All right, Sean,
0: Downer EDI's share price tumbled 24% yesterday after it delivered a much lower profit, cut its full year guidance, and revealed details of its investigation into errors in
1: its accounts. Yeah, that, that's like the trifecta, isn't it, really? Lower profit, full year guidance. Investigation into accounts. Hmm. Now, the integrated services supplier basically operates in transport and utilities around cities. It had announced accounting irregularities and apparently earnings from one contract have been misreported since April 2020. It seems that revenue was recognised too early, or as the company puts it, prematurely. Not a good look. Hence, Dan EDI's share price was sold off yesterday.
0: Pathology and medical imaging company Helios yesterday announced an interim loss for the final six months of last year as demand for COVID-19 tests tumbled.
1: Yeah, so its bottom line went from a profit of $233 million 12 months earlier to a $29 million loss. Now, its share price fell 4%. People were expecting that result. But this is a company affected by COVID in a positive way because people needed diagnostic kits as the coronavirus became endemic rather than pandemic, we all stopped using the kits, demand fell away, and now it has to rethink its business model. Another
0: interesting one, Sean, funeral operator InvoCare. It's it's really kind of rocky financial markets here that have pushed the operator to a a loss despite a rebound in revenue for full service funerals after the removal of COVID-19
1: pandemic gathering restrictions. Yes, I'm fascinated by this company. It owns a bunch of brands like White Lady Funerals and the cheaper Simplicity Funerals. It's going to market that brand. Simplicity is much harder in coming months in response to cost of living pressures hitting the industry. But if you look at it, there were more deaths in some months last year than usual. In fact, some months were up about 20%, in part due to COVID, but also due to the flu. Volumes for 2022 all up were up, but so too were input costs caskets wood costs in particular were higher that hurt the company also info has about 600 million dollars in funds under management basically people pre-pay for their funeral as investment markets fell so too did the value of the portfolio one side of the business that is doing better though michael is pet cremations overall invo share price fell 11 percent yesterday
0: Sean, in international news, the United States has warned China of serious consequences if it provides arms to support Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: Washington and its NATO allies are trying to dissuade China from providing military aid for the war, making public comments on their belief that Beijing is considering providing lethal equipment, possibly including drones, according to a report on Reuters. Western fears of China helping to arm Russia come as Moscow's forces struggle to make gains around key objectives, particularly in eastern Ukraine, and as Kiev prepares a counter-offensive with advanced Western weapons, including battle tanks. Of course, it's a disaster already, but as the weather improves, fighting is expected to become more ferocious.
0: Yeah, as it now rolls into its, its second year of conflict, mm. which is just extraordinary. Uh, Sean, finally, the European Union is cracking down on plastic waste, with rules announced late last year already being implemented. They haven't wasted any time.
1: No, no, they have not wasted any time. Well said. The European Commission proposed sweeping packaging regulations that will require companies selling products in the EU to make their packaging easier to reuse, recycle, or in some cases compost according to bloomberg now takeaway food hot and cold drinks wine other alcohol will all have to be provided at least partly in reusable packaging by 2030 and the rules limit unnecessary empty space in packaging the policies are also part of a submission by the eu ahead of the may united nations session on plastic waste which in turn are part of the goals of what's known as the high ambition coalition why are we going there because the high ambition coalition as the EU, UK, Canada, Australia as well is in that group. They're already being implemented in Europe and they're likely to spread locally. So expect to see a lot more about that in coming months. High Ambition Coalition is a fantastic name. On the topic
0: of plastic bags, Sean, just an observation. You strike me as the kind of person who would forget to take your bags to the supermarket on every single occasion. Am
1: I right? No, actually. In fact, oh. I'm a bit of a pedant around the house. Like I'm a very tidy person, believe it or not. Really? And so I do not like things in the sink. I do not like the dishwasher if it hasn't been unpacked. When I finish doing the shopping, I go and put the bags back in the car so I won't forget them. Really? Mm, yeah, I am. I'm a real pain to live with. I mean, ask Jackie and the kids. It's like, oh, really? But I don't quite like that sense of order or something or other. Of everything kind of be- where it belongs. I would have no idea about you whether you're an orderly person or not. I mean, I know you're a great author, clearly, but are you orderly? Oh, I would like to
0: be. <laughs> the problem mm. is that that um, two very young kids does prevent a certain amount of order within yeah, the house. Absolutely, Yep. Yeah, so I'm going to say that the kids are to blame for everything. Yeah. Good. All right. Up next is the Fear and Greed Daily interview with me. Yes.
1: Fantastic interview. Everyone must listen to it. And once you've listened to it, run out and buy the book, How to Be Remembered, available at all good bookstores or online. Buy today. Oh, that's a, that, that was perfect, Sean. It's a great book. I'm in the middle of it. It's fantastic. As I said, a little darker than I expected, but really fascinating. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And yeah,
0: look, I think the interview is is well worth a listen. It's a great kind of insight into the the, the way the publishing industry works from the perspective of a complete outsider, me. It is worth sticking around for. It's coming up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Tuesday, the 28th of February, 2023. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.